0: and welcome everyone to another episode of the full life today we're talking all about the wonder and awe of god with a special guest you won't want to miss it Welcome back to another episode of The Full Life. We're so happy you're joining us today. Of course, as always, we hope you are living the day to the fullest as God desires. And if you're not, well, we hope that we could be that bright spot to make that day and your life a little fuller. And today's topic is certainly going to help us do that. But of course, we start every show with an encouraging word. And today's comes from Hank.
1: Hey everyone, I want to share a quick word today about one of my favorite scenes and in all of the scriptures. In 2 Chronicles 20, there's a king by the name of Jehoshaphat. Um and his, fam- um, his entire country is under attack. Israel and Judah had split. Judah had stayed. Um, Jehoshaphat was faithful to God. He was known by the people as being a man of God who was trying to turn people back to God. Yet there was an alliance of two or three different nations that had gathered um, to attack him, and they had surrounded the city. And what I love about this passage is that as they surround the city, he actually inquires upon the Lord. And the, the word in Hebrew actually means to traverse frequently or, or beat a path, meaning that when he goes to God, this was something he normally does, right? And it's just a beautiful reminder to us that no matter how overwhelming life seems, you know, we should be in the habit of beating that path to God. Um, and then when he gets to God, you know, he actually tells people to fast, to pray. Another reminder to us that no matter what's going on, you know, our response should be to praise and worship. But then in Second Chronicles 20 he prays and I love this prayer and I think it's a good reminder to us of how to pray no matter what's going on. In his prayer, he remembers who God is. He remembers what God has done. He remembers how he has been faithful and the people have been faithful. He remembers that they're in God's hands and he remembers the situation, right? And then he has this prayer, which I think is probably for me the best prayer in all of the scriptures, right? Um, So after he says, You know, God, we know you're the ruler of the world, you have all the power. God, we know you've led us out of Egypt, you've been faithful. God, we've tried to be faithful. God, we're going to rest in your hands, God. But these people are trying to come around us and they're trying to attack us. And you told us not to attack them. But then this is how he closes. And I think this is an encouraging word for all of us. No matter how alarming life seems, no matter how overwhelming it seems, no matter how scared we feel, I think all of us can pray this prayer of Jehoshaphat. And the prayer is simply this. Lord, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And after they pray that prayer, God delivers. And there's even more praise and worship. So hopefully that's encouraging to you, and hopefully that's something you can hold on to. Lord, I don't know what to do. It's okay to feel small, to feel vulnerable, to feel scared, because God is strong, God is big, and God is there. So, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you.
0: That's I the perfect, love that. I know. I think that was the perfect segue into our topic today as we keep fixed our, our eyes fixed on God. Uh, I love the topic of of The wonder of God. I think that's a challenge for me to see that. I'm kind of a doer, so to stop and really appreciate the wonder is sometimes a challenge. I know it. I, I know it from Isaiah eleven two to verses mm. two through three, where it, it describes kind of the spirit of the Lord and how that's a kind of a gift of the spirit. That spirit of the fear of uh, the fear of the Lord, that awe and that appreciation for God is. And I'm so excited that we get to talk about it today with our guest. Ginger Stocky is an Emmy award-winning documentarian, writer, producer, and talk show host who is as comfortable in the African bush as she is on the TV set. She has traveled the world telling stories of amazing people who have overcome incredible odds. She is the chief creative officer at Joyce Meyer Ministries and can be seen on Joyce's Enjoying Everyday Life program and hosting Joyce Meyer's Talk It Out podcast. And she is a mom, a Gigi, and she lives in Missouri with her husband and one small twitchy puppy. Please welcome Ginger Socky to the show today.
2: Hi, everyone. Thank you so much. (laughs) Hey, Ginger, welcome. I love that. (laughs) We have a very twitchy puppy. Um, Yeah, he's a story of his own. We'll go into another day, hopefully. But we've learned so much through this twitchy little puppy. (laughs) I bet. I
3: I find it interesting. I think we can learn a lot through our animals, dogs especially. You know, they they teach me a lot. (laughs) I am with you. I
2: completely agree.
3: So glad you're with us today. My gosh, a woman after my own heart, an adventurer.
2: (laughs) I am thrilled to be here because i I think you're right. People almost um, see themselves in one way or another. A lot of us see Mm -hmm. ourselves as adventurers, and and we want to find more. And other people don't see themselves that way and that's okay. But what I believe is that God has adventures for all of us. They're just perfectly created for who he made us to be. So in God's eyes, we're all adventurers.
0: Amen. Well, I wanted to bring up that right off the bat because we all know that that we've lived through a, a time in the last year and a half. So that kind of adventurous spirit and that appreciation for who God is and the wonder that we can find, I think it's probably even more important after what we've just all gone through collectively. Can you speak to that importance?
2: You are absolutely right. And Mm -hmm. we have come through and are still going through a long season of feeling like things have kind of been stripped away from us, whether it's our ability Mm -hmm. to see family members or to go where we want to go or um, sometimes our health and some people Mm -hmm. have lost loved ones. So there there have been many things that have left people saying God, just, just like you said, Hank, that was so good. I don't know Mm -hmm. what to do. And the next phrase needs to be, but my eyes are on you. And so Mm -hmm. we need to focus ourselves now more than ever. I think this is the perfect time for it to ask God to help open our eyes to his wonder so that we see more of him instead of maybe all those things that were distracting us from him before but maybe we're at a better time now than we have been in a while to see who God really is and to have more of his wonder in our lives.
3: Well, Ginger, you've certainly experienced um, adventure in your life. You know, I thought that we had had a lot. We I've lived in New York city. I've lived in Seattle. I've lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma to the Midwest and, and LA and traveled all around the world. My kids were in 12 different countries. By the time they were teenagers, we lived in Jerusalem. So we felt like we were really adventurers. but I feel like I have done nothing when I compare everything that you've done. Um, you've traveled around the world, um, uh, it, 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 in general, but I mean, you spent time in the Amazon jungle, the mountains of Nepal, refugee camps. But as we're kind of talking about, that adventure doesn't necessarily have to be about traveling as we kind of talking about with COVID and we've had to kind of shut down. But instead it starts an, an adventure mindset, like the adventure begins in our mind. How can someone cultivate an adventure mindset to have that on their own?
2: Yeah, I think that, no matter who we are, where we live, where we have lived, what we have ahead of us, we can all develop an attitude that wakes up with each new morning, each new day, not thinking it's gonna be perfect, but no matter what yesterday was like, I believe that God has brought new opportunities for this day, adventures ahead for me. And Mm -hmm. so, with that, having that attitude means that I am going to choose to perfectly seek out all that God has for me, whether it's a lesson to be learned through interactions with other people, maybe it's a new person to meet, a new place to go, Um Whatever that adventure of God may be, that mindset says, I'm going to keep my eyes and my heart, which is the most important thing, open to whatever you have for me. It's very easy to close those things down and just look at our checklist I've right. got to do this and, this
1: and this. When you talk about mindset too, you say it's also only possible if one can trust God. So just wondering, what are some of the biblical foundations or stories from your life and adventures that has really helped grow your trust in, in God, God's goodness and uh, ability to see possibilities where sometimes we might only be able to see our own limits?
2: Yeah, that that is, I think the biggest thing, don't you, is... We we see so many barriers between um, us and God, or between us and this goal, uh, this thing that we believe God maybe wants us to do. And so, being able to trust in God means taking small steps at a time. Sometimes, not always giant leaps. You know, we often think if I'm going to trust in God, I'm going to take the huge step, and who knows where I'll end up? And that may be true, but God is also the kind of God that woos us. He loves us. He pursues us. And he says, come on, I've got you. Let me help you each step of the way. So we build that trust in him by trying one small step and him, showing us that he was trustworthy, that he had something good for us, that his goodness is real. And then we take the next steps because you're right, without trust in God, if we talk about adventure, it, it could just be empty things that give us temporary happiness. And that's not what we need. We need fulfillment in our life. We need the full life. We need those things that God will show us um, the unexpected, blow our mind with his wonder and his goodness, where we're not trying to do it all ourself. So that's where we have to trust in God. And I have seen a lot of places like that. You talk sometimes about adventures that you don't want. We all go through times in our life that we would not choose, that we are not looking for. But God can take even those really hard times and say, listen, I I know that was difficult. I'm here. I love you. I didn't, I didn't mean for all those things to necessarily even happen. There's sin in the world. We we make choices sometimes that are not what maybe God wanted, but He can still take those things and use them for our good.
3: In the book you talk about some limitations that stifle people's ability. Um, one, you know, can be obviously fear of the unknown, as we're saying, but a lot of times people use Busy schedule, I'm just too busy, uh, you know. And yet, some t- people ha- who are so busy sometimes have time to. Oh, I man, I just binge that whole series within a week, you know. And they are too busy to actually go out and adventure and explore life. So, so people do use these things. So, you talk about people's busy schedules. Obviously, the fear of the unknown, past hurt, insecurity, lack of motivation, an object in motion stays in motion. And I think COVID, I saw it shut people's motivation down to like go back to church and other things like that. Mm-hmm. We lost our motivation. So you kind of flip those though on their head to highlight the qualities of a godly adventure, adventurer's mindset. So tell us about those qualities and how people can maybe push through those limitations um, to get to the other side and take the risk of giving God a chance in what he yeah. wants to do. The,
2: the key here really is all those things are scary. Life yeah. The unknown is scary. The possibility of failure, of rejection, those things are frightening things. And so to be able to look those things in the eye and ask yourself this question, because you basically have two choices. You can say, okay, I'm, I'm going to bow to the fear or I'm going to trust God and take at least a tiny step and let him show me what he can do. So the big question is, do you want to live with regret? Right. I know that I have often made the choices, you know, that I wish I had made differently. We all have, but I don't want to live or walk in regret. I want to look back and say, yeah, I didn't do everything perfectly. I, I made some crazy decisions along the way. But when I sought God and when I said, yeah, I'm afraid, but I'm going to push through it. Um, I'm going to risk some things. I'm going to live dangerously for God, whether that is risking some hurt from someone that we're trying to build a relationship with or risk failure, things not going the way that we think it should. But every time I've done those things and it hasn't gone well, because that does happen, or I have failed, I've learned something through it that God will use to prepare me for the next thing. So failure really isn't failure at that point. So that that pushing through to live dangerously in the way that God wants us to not carelessly with godly wisdom. But facing those things that you're talking about that looking at that schedule and say, Okay, God, help me know what decisions to make here. What do I need to pull out? What is a good thing maybe that's not as important as something else you want me to do? So it's inviting them into everything that we have in front of us. You talked about godly wisdom, and
0: that was kind of part of my next question. There's sort of two things that I wanted to ask. First, there's amazing stories about you trusting and, and looking for and believing in the miraculous power of God to show up and him being there and and believing that, you know, if there's a situation he's gonna, he can get you out of it if you are praying and staying focused on him. But you did talk about godly wisdom too. And I know there was an instance where there was the little foxes versus the carnivorous cats, I think you called it. So so tell some of those stories and what you've learned about some of that balance of, you know, trusting and believing, but also using wisdom along the way in your journeys
2: yeah sometimes we can get so um myopic we can just get so narrow minded on on what we're supposed to be doing or where we think god is taking us that we miss the things that God is showing us along the way right the the beautiful things that he just wants to delight us with that's that's part of this wonder for every day is to have a life that we enjoy on the way to sharing his love and doing all these great things to him for him so th- those are the things that we don't want to miss but we can get so um, head down and and we're serving God and this is how we do it, that we miss the joy of it. And we miss all the things that are so good around us. I, I, we don't want people to miss that. But sometimes also <laughs> this, the carnivorous cat that we were talking about, um, we were doing a television program. Um, this was before I worked at Joyce Meyer Ministries and uh, I hosted a talk show. And so we were doing a show with a um a big cat trainer. So we were outside and this huge, really large white tiger was on a big chain and the tiger tamer, I guess, whatever you call his trainer, had him on this giant chain. And he said to us, you don't need to worry about anything. Everything's fine. You know, just, just be wise, don't make any sudden movements, and everything will be fine. And so we're doing the interview. And all of a sudden, there was a PR girl who was part of what was helping us, this PR woman was walking us through the whole thing. And the cat started to walk away and the trainer started to pull well when a giant cat decides that they want to do something different you know the trainer can be great but there's only so much strength that he has so the cat was walking away toward the crowd and this this pr woman jumped up and decided to help and got in front of the cat and the cat i mean this was so startling this this huge white tiger pounced on her pulled her to the ground and bit into her ankle it was all very shocking and you know, we're all really concerned. And several people help the trainer and they get the, the cat off and, and so forth. And that PR person was a PR queen. She was amazing. She did not s- skip a beat. She's like, everything's good here, telling everyone keep <laughs> going. And she's a mess. But everything's fine. Don't worry about it. And there's a show going to start over that way. Why don't you head over that way? (laughs) And then she, even as they're taking her away in the first aid cart, she's telling us what our next shot is for this program that we're producing. And so there are times that you need to remember. Yes. Scripture tells us it's the little foxes that spoil the vines, right? It's all those little things that come at us that, that we we shouldn't let stop our momentum, but there are also the big tigers that when they jump up in front of us, you don't want to try to grab and stop them. That's just wisdom. Stay out of the way of the giant tigers tigers, they're not the same as the little <laughs> foxes. We need so to good. use them. Sometimes we need to lay down and be quiet while someone is stopping the bleeding. We need time for healing in our lives.
0: One of the most impactful stories for me um, was you in that refugee camp um, in this, and, and how you remained calm and focused on on God and why he puts you in that situation despite what might be occurring and what might really in the natural look like significant danger.
2: Refugee camps, as I'm sure you understand, are a place where people are at their most vulnerable. They have lost everything that they cared about, um, sometimes including their loved ones and have had to leave their home their careers, everything that they have and, and start life over. So refugee camps are very, very desperate places. And they're also places where there is not a lot of law and desperate places or desperate people do desperate things. So you always have to be very careful in these situations. Um, so we were in a camp and we were helping people and we were handing out supplies and handing out, um, God's word and just sharing Christ and helping families in particular and, and doing a lot. Um, when a few men walked over and they they didn't like what we were doing over there because we weren't helping them with their group. And this was a particular group of primarily adult men who had to leave their families. And they said, um, if, if you don't let us talk to you, we're, we're going to forcibly remo- remove you from this camp and so of course we wanted to stay and help people and so the first thing i thought was okay you know we'll spend a few minutes talking to this man and and see what he needs so we started interviewing him with the camera and cameras often draw attention and also as this man began talk began talking he got more and more agitated and he was sharing how the world doesn't know the truth and nobody cares about his plight in his country and what was happening there. And he was talking and getting more and more angry about how no one is helping them. And as he did that, the crowd could hear his voice from all all around all different quarters of the camp and they began gathering. So it became this angry mob of men. And before I knew it, I could not see anybody else around me. All I could see was, was this angry man and this, huge mob that was pushing in getting tighter and tighter. It was getting very dangerous. And we all we knew that it was. And so, the, you know, the the first feeling was, I need to stop this and somehow get out of this. But there was no way out of this mob in this situation. So I I just said, Lord, I need the miraculous. I, I need your help. I don't know what to do, please. But It was so strong on my spirit to ask one question and to be quiet. And so what I did was I said, what do you want people around the world to hear? What do you want them to know? And he began talking and I got quiet. And as he did that, he got more um, just thinking about what he was saying and, and began sharing from his heart instead of sharing out of a place of anger. And as he did that, the entire situation changed. The dynamics of that crowd calmed down. It was no longer an angry mob. They began listening. And I think most of all, they saw that I was listening. They saw that we were there to hear their hearts. And I learned through that, first of all, that I can trust God in those situations when I have no idea what to do, when I'm really scared and things don't look good. And I also learned that people really need to be heard. That was really what turned things around for this man. So that that was a moment that I really saw God's wonder, that he used us in a way to help this group of men to hear their needs in a way that we weren't planning on, that we didn't expect. But God did the miraculous. And then when they all walked away and you just start to breathe again, And your heart slows down. And the first thing you think is, that was crazy. But then you think, wow, God, thank you so much for really working and giving me a a little nugget of wisdom and some peace through this scary situation. So yeah, definitely saw God do the miraculous there. And in several other situations like that, where um, if he hadn't stepped in, we just didn't know what to do.
1: When we think about in the Christian life, one of the things we say on this show is like, it's never meant to be comfortable. It's never meant to be comfortable. Um, So I wanted you to kind of speak on the overcoming the spirit of inconvenience and how creativity can break us out of that monotony of everyday life that, that gets people so discouraged.
2: Yeah. I think that's something we all need so desperately in our life. Don't you? We, we need to shake up the monotony of our life and, um, be willing to have a little bit of inconvenience, whether it's spending some time with someone who needs us when we feel like we should be doing something else, but that inconvenience may be where God wants us. So we, we had a situation that, um, we were in the Tibetan region and it was cold there. It was very, very cold. And they had to get really creative to see God in their everyday lives and to not become so stale and bored with what they were doing all the time. And they did the most amazing thing. I loved it. It was in this little village. And at the same time, every evening in this village, All of the people came outside, no matter how cold it was. And it was really, really cold. They bundled up. They came outside. They brought a few instruments. They played their traditional music. And they all danced in the town square. It was glorious. It was one of my favorite experiences. They invited us in. We all danced together. I had no idea what I was doing. But it didn't matter. They got so creative. They risk the cold because they knew what they needed. They knew they needed time together. They needed connection with other people and they needed to break up the monotony. So they were really willing to risk that inconvenience to get a little bit cold and to get out there. It didn't last a long, it didn't last a long time because it was too cold for that and it didn't have to, but they accomplished what they needed to. And I think that creativity is so important in all of our lives to say, God, show me how I can be creative in my life to stir things up, to stir up not only my joy, but all of the people who are around me so that I have enough joy to splash over onto other people. Show me how to keep my life um, the way that you want it to be so that it's changing and moving forward and moving closer to you all the time and not stale and stagnant and stopped in one place. And that is often inconvenient, but it's always worth it. So in I love in the book being able to give people some little suggestions, some step-by-step ideas that they can try. It might be as simple as moving your furniture around, you know, changing your cereal, do something different. And sometimes you see, wow, I just needed that change. I really needed that. I, I was ready to
0: go out and do the block party right now. I'm going to have my, my neighbors come out and dance with me. Um, you're gonna you're gonna
1: reinvent Happy Hour. That's right.
0: There, yeah, that's, that, that would there be a go. different happy hour. I like it. We can Love do. We still be distance too, and just dance in front of our houses. We'll be great. <laughs> wow.
3: um, uh,
0: but I did want to ask. You know, for those people that are trying to find wonder when they're when they're going through difficulties, when they're going through challenges, yeah. and really, it, or just dealing with the heaviness of the world in general, yeah. like, how do you continue to see wonder in those dark places?
2: Yeah, I think this is a time where people almost feel guilty if they're really experiencing wonder or if they're talking about joy when there's so much heaviness in the world. And what we're talking about with with the wonder that God has for us, it's not extravagant. It's not inappropriate. God always has what's right for us at the right time. And we're in different seasons of our life. And some of us are going through really hard things. And um, some of us just need that glimpse of hope right now. And I think that is so important to encourage people toward to no matter how, hard this places that you're in that God has hope in it for you. Sometimes joy is way too much to think about. So let's start with the spark of hope because that's where joy comes from. So what I've done because I've been in really, really terrible, dark places and situations, um, of course, in my own life with people that I love, losing them, um, things happening in our family, but also around the world where um, we're in a red light district and we're seeing very young women who are in terrible situations, held captive. Uh, human trafficking is just, just horrendous. Um, seeing starvation in, in children and seeing mothers who have no answer to their baby's cries. I mean, so many situations that you just say, God, how can I ever see your wonder in a place like this? Where are you? And frankly, I'm one of those people that will say, I don't get it. You know, why aren't, why aren't you doing something? How is this happening? And I think God doesn't mind our honesty. He's a big enough God to handle us to say, Please, Lord, help me understand this. And it doesn't mean that we'll ever have all the answers because God is so much bigger than we are. But for, for him to say, I can handle your questions. And what he taught me was, I'm right here in this hard place. And my heart is breaking too. This is not what I wanted for my children, um, but I won't leave them. And so when I've been in those places, I I've, I've felt like God's saying, Um, ask this question instead, God, show me the beauty here. So I started looking for something beautiful in even these terrible situations. I remember being in a trash dump where children were working day and night and just to make ends meet for their family, just terrible situations. And I was saying, God, I don't know what it is, but show me something beautiful here as we're trudging through trash. And I saw this tiny little flower that was growing in in one little area out of trash. And I was, okay, you know, you're still here. And then this group of children ran up and they had big smiles on their faces in the midst of this terrible situation. And I know that God has not turned his back on them, on us in our darkest situations, he's still there. So if we can ask that question, Um, God, show me something beautiful in this thing that does not make sense. It's not always an easy thing to see. That's why we really have to keep our eyes peeled and we have to trust in God when we don't understand and we don't like what's happening.
3: You, You said something earlier. You said everyone's adventure and godly purpose is different. Talk about the dangers of comparing ourselves and how it prohibits us from really seeing those smaller wonders.
2: Comparison is so very dangerous. And actually, when I wrote this book, I was at at that time going through one of the hardest seasons I can remember for a very long time, just had a lot of big, scary things happening. And, um, losses and disappointments and I remember a day that I was walking through our neighborhood I love to take morning walks and and they're my morning prayer time and with my twitchy little puppy and so um, (laughs) love to take those morning walks but I remember one time that I was it was not a glorious prayer time I was just hurting and I was looking at the different houses thinking everything's fine in that house and I I know, you know, everything in that family and almost a jealousy. That's what comparison is all about, right? When we we compare ourselves, we either come up short and we are disappointed in ourselves or we're jealous of something someone else has. And so I remember just this gentle, loving Holy Spirit nudge saying, you have no idea what's really going on in those homes. The hurt that different people are facing, the joys that they may be facing right now, the things that I'm doing, um, the way that they look at you and say, I know that person's completely fine because they don't know everything that's going on in my life. So comparison is so very, very dangerous because it strips us of what God is trying to do in our life because our focus is on someone else. It's like putting blinders on so that we can't see what God is doing in our life because we're so focused on the wrong thing. And so being able to, um, Stop making those comparisons. Stop trying to shove our foot into someone else's shoe like Cinderella. They all wanted to wear that shoe. And sometimes you get the shoe on and it is not a good fit for you. It was not going to work well. And so that comparison is huge. When you talk about wonder in every moment and every day, too, um, there are so many things like comparison that can strip that wonder from us. And I love the scripture in Luke five, that um, the disciples were seeing Jesus doing all these amazing miracles firsthand. They were walking with Jesus, seeing him do these things. And and they said, amazement sees them. And they said, we have seen astounding, extraordinary things today. And I think that that is where our heart needs to be every day. Instead of saying i want to be who they are or i'm i'm going to compare myself to that person on social media who is actually hiding behind a filter and doesn't look like that anyway perhaps but instead to say I- I want to be amazed by what God is doing in my life and and my family and the people that I'm interacting with, because I am walking with God every day. He's still right here, still doing those miraculous things. And I don't want to miss them or overlook them. I want to be seized by that wonder every single day as much as I possibly can. And we all need to help each other have that kind of an attitude.
1: One of my favorite scriptures is um, Ephesians 2.10. Um, it's right after the for by grace you've been saved, which we always stop there. Um, and in Ephesians 2.10, I think Paul writes for we are God's workmanship. Um, and I think the meaning of that word in the Greek is masterpiece, right? Um, so I always used to say when I worked, when I did youth ministry, I was like, listen, everyone needs good self-esteem, but you don't get to be cocky. But every now and then it's good for you to look in the mirror and be like, wow, I'm God's masterpiece, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because I think, forget that we as people are God's greatest wonder. And I think you talk about that in the book as well, that there's wonder in all of us. Um, Another understanding, maybe outside of Christian faith, is um, in some Easter religions, right? They have this idea of, I see the God in you. Um, And a lot of people run with that and say, well, they're saying everyone's a God, right? And maybe some people are saying that. But I think you can Christianize it in the sense of like, I see God's handprints in you, or I see the divine in how God's created you, um, because I think if we're able to see each other, this CS Lewis actually talks about this, right? Like if we actually saw each other the way God saw each other, um, we would be like obsessed to almost bow down and worship one another, right? So we are indeed um, this beautiful creation that God has made, and there's wonder in all of us. But I wanted to kind of specify now, like uh, talk about maybe how you call it the adventure of generosity. Um, how that's almost unlocked and cultivated uh, a love of God in you and for his people. And then how this gratitude can unlock like a true and lasting joy that goes beyond the difficulties that we face or goes beyond what we we sometimes see.
2: Yeah, there are things that we can cultivate in our own lives that will help bring the wonder of God all around us to life even more. And this is also so much about joy. It's so much about what God has already given us, the fruit of the spirit, right? Love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all those things that joy is in there when we accept God and ask him to be a part of our life. But it kind of gets settled and pushed down through everything else that is happening around us. And so we need to stir those things up in us. And so utilizing some of those wonderful things that he has given us, like Loving generously, being a generous person, and living in gratitude, um, thanking God, and and noticing the things and and taking note of them, and making that a part of these everyday little steps closer to Him. So there are many of those things that um, teach us and and open that wonder up to us. Another one is walking in other people's shoes, just like you were saying, to. Try to understand what it is that they're going through and and who they are and praying for them and seeing the goodness of God in their life and, and sharing our joy with them. These are all things that we can do to help not only see more wonder in our own life, but to stir it up so that we can bring it to life for other people, too, because these adventures and this walk with Christ is, of course, as we all know, not just for us. It has to be for other people so that we're serving and loving, but we're doing it with a grateful and a generous heart. Part of that living dangerously that I was talking about before, right? That, that giving, not knowing what will come back, that's okay. Let the giving be what is so wonderful. Um, when, when we live generously, we are living dangerously because we don't know what's going to come from it. We may not get back what we hoped. We may not even get a thank you. But that's OK, because our motives are also hugely important. So that's another area to look at in all of this. So there are so many different things our our generosity of um, not just our finances. Of course, that's an important part, but our generosity of our love and our service and um sharing our lives, sharing our stories that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, right? Is sharing our stories with other people and helping them to understand that God has that same love for them and wants to do that. That is such a way to love generously. I think people have very small ideas of what generosity means sometimes. We need to blow off those limits. And I think God will surprise us when we do that with, um, loving us back in, in a generous way, even more so than we expected.
0: Well, before uh, we close today, I just wanted to ask, um, you know, we have Jenny here, who a, is a pastor of our lead pastor of our church. And I know you have been leading the way in Christian media for many years now. And of course, you work for Joyce, who's been a Bible teacher for so many years and impacted so many lives. One thing we talk about a lot on this show is the importance of women's voices in, in Christian teaching, Christian media, in promoting the the image and likeness of God. And I just wanted to see if you uh, wanted to speak to that for us.
2: Uh, this is a passion for me, so I Great. would love to. Would love to. Um, one of the most important things that, that we can do is to help women and girls around the world to see the beauty that God has put in them. And I don't just mean the physical beauty. I mean that godly beauty of the love and the compassion and the abilities that he's put in our hearts and the value that we have. And there are so many women all around the world and right here in the United States who just don't know that. So sharing that, that there's a huge purpose that God has such um, an important thing for you specifically to do is hugely important. And then I believe going a little bit further because I've seen women and girls all over the world who... Um, are in very, very desperate situations who don't have fresh water. So they're spending their days walking for water. They can't get an education. And when they gather water, they're seeing filthy water that, that contains disease, um, showing them that education is important, helping their cultures to realize their villages, to see the value of what a woman can do for them. So, God has so much to do through women. You look in the Bible, um, what he did through the women in his life, the way that he loved them and used them and cherished them, I think is a vital message that we have to get out to women. Right here in our own churches, in our own families, um, I've got two daughters and a granddaughter. And, you know, it's so important to raise them in that knowledge and around the world as well.
3: Yes. And amen. <laughs> <laughs> I was just reading this morning about the influence of women in, in the, the, the book of Acts, you know, and, and how influential they were. I mean, you know, we've had these conversations and I've known this, but just reading more of their specific stories, such yeah. incredible impact. And it's just been a shame that the church has kind of covered that up and not embraced the the beauty that Jesus uh, brought by saying by lifting women up. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I, it's, I just love, you know, hearing that. And I love what you're doing. Just thrilled to have you on our show and connect with you. I'm
2: sure he stirred some things up in the culture, don't you think? Oh, don't oh you yeah. Watching <laughs> people with all that going on. But look at Deborah in the Old Testament. I mean, there Absolutely. have always been women that God gave special assignments to. He has special assignments for us because of what he's put in us. So uh, yeah, I love talking about that.
1: This has been something as um, a lead pastor I've been pretty intentional for too, because I think even we sometimes, uh, most of us go to church where primarily the voice we hear is a man. Um, But I think even worse than that, primarily the stories of faith we hear are like these great men of the faith, you know? Um, so one of the things I've been trying to be intentional for is looking for like, oh, how did God use women in acts? Or, but then even deeper than that, the stories of faith of the women who are alongside these patriarchs were, were just eye opening. You know, I always tell people probably the most important thing that happens. Well, Jenny might debate me on this one, but one of the most important things that happens in the Old Testament is you know the Israelites being pulled out of Egypt, right? That doesn't happen without women, you know, without Shipra and Pua, and, you know, yeah, saving you the babies. <laughs> yeah, like saving the babies and, and yes. making fun of an ignorant king man, right? It's just like, oh, those Israelites, yes. baby, they just come too fast. You know, I just don't know what happens,
2: you know? <laughs> um,
1: but then you have Miriam and then you have his mom, Jacob, oh who's able to crazy. raise him and teach yeah. him the faith, even though he's in Egypt's house. And you have all these things impacting Moses, right? And then the, the most important thing in the New Testament is the resurrection right? And all the men at the cross ran away except John. But who stayed behind? But the women, right? The women yeah. at the foot of the cross. The women who go back to the tomb to check. And it's the women who are the first ones. And I think God does that intentionally, right? Like to tell the message of the resurrection, oh, yeah. He uses women. Um. So yeah. So this is something that I I, I join your passion, and I've learned so much in my life from women. A lot of my faith has been built by women. So I hope it's something that we can continue to, to keep preaching and keep yeah. teaching and keep living.
3: Amen. Yeah. I've got to all tell you, your discovery I just found, though, I just got to add to this one. I just found it this weekend. Pliny, do you know who Pliny the Younger is? He was executed, the first one to execute, um, like, the Christians. He's writing to Emperor Trajan going, I don't know what to do with all these Christians. Well, the two people he first executed that were the leaders of the in, in the church that he was executing for their leadership And this is Pliny. This is a Roman writing, where two deaconesses, leaders in the church, that is an outside source that we have that women were leading in the church in the early church. So it's so cool. I just I I saw that this weekend. I was like, I got I got to add that one in. (laughs) That's very cool cool.
2: because they were leading in strong enough ways that they thought, who do we stop? Right to make this stop. Let's the stop the women. women. That's amazing. And you look at the women named in the lineage of Christ. And there's there's such a wonderful redemption story in Rahab. You know, just, I don't know. There's so, so many things. We to go.
3: Go. <laughs> We're going to do that show soon. We'll, we'll
2: show. have to come back we into should. show on women.
0: Now let's talk about the fullness of prayer.
2: So for me, prayer is a day-in, day-out existence. It it is sharing everything with Him and sometime along the way going like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Help me to do this differently. Um, Help me not to think this about that person. Help me to think more along the lines of Your Word. Um, Praying for everything that's happening throughout the day and all the people that I come across. and Much of it is intentional, but much of it is just living life with him. That's what relationship is all about. So I love the fact that God, I believe, doesn't see prayer as a formality. He sees it as a loving relationship. So that's one of my biggest blessings. Like I said, going on my walks in the morning, all the different things that I do throughout the day, there's not um, always a on my knees, constant prayer time. Sometimes of course there is, but everything else that I do is prayer time too. So I love seeing it as a holistic existence instead of just, okay, this is the 10 minutes that I'm going to put aside to talk to God. And God honors giving him our heart in that way all day long.
0: Amen. Well, thank you again, Ginger, for joining us today and sharing your journeys of wonder, your stories. Um, And they can get the book wherever books are, you know, Amazon or.
2: The book is called Chasing Wonder, and it is available any place that you like to order your books everywhere online. It's at the stores and Barnes and Noble. Um, You can get it at my website, if you like. It's Ginger L. Stocky, S-T-A-C-H-E dot com. But My biggest prayer, my biggest desire in all of this is that because of all of us being here together and talking through this, that everyone's joy in Christ will overflow, that they will see more of his wonder every day. So that's what it's all about follow Ginger and all of her work.
0: Uh, She's on, like she said, Enjoying Everyday Life and the Talk It Out podcast, and you can catch her and catch her important work she's doing around the world. We look forward to seeing you every day, and I hope that you got full. I would be surprised if you didn't after our our adventures today. So we're so grateful for all of you out there watching with us, and keep experiencing the full life. We'll see you next time.